Our scripture today comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. This is the uh, morning before the new year. And, uh, but for many of us, or us, who follow the revised common lectionary church calendar, the new year began back on December the 3rd. If you're Chinese or from many Asian countries, the Lunar New Year begins on February the 10th, 2004. For the Orthodox Church, New Year is the 14th of January because it follows the Julian calendar rather than the later Gregorian calendar like us. So we've got New Year being celebrated at some point between December the 3rd and February the 10th. But however or whenever you celebrate New Year, the cusp of a new year provides us with a gift. And that is to slow down our hurdle and to root ourselves in a moment. It provides us with an opportunity maybe to teeter on the edge without falling over or falling backwards. A new year gifts us with double vision, the ability to look back and to look forwards, to encounter time in a different way. As the Lectio 365 app says or ends every devotion, it says, may the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May the relativity of time slow down. On a day like today, it does. We're gently releasing our grip on what was and is no longer, so that we can extend, extend our hands to what will be, but is not yet. Rick Warren said this, time is your most precious gift 
because you only have a set amount of it. You can make more money, but you can't make more time. When you, when you give someone your time, you're giving them a portion of your life that you'll never get back. Your time is your life. And at watershed moments like this, we appreciate cliches like this one from Mr. Bill Keane, who said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift of God, which is why we call it the present. And this moment right now on this watershed between 2023 and 2024, um, this moment is actually no more precious than or no more special than any other moment however we've made a pact as a society to kind of attribute it more special significance and so it is we see in the bible a series of watershed moments such as the end of creation the fall of humankind the rainbow after the flood the call of abraham the near sacrifice of isaac uh, the uh, the parting of the red sea the entrance into the promised land all of these are watershed moments we have you know the crowning of king saul and and we have the dividing of the kingdom the north from the south we have the um exiles and the return from exile we have the coming of jesus which is undoubtedly the most important watershed moment in history uh, we have the death and the resurrection and the ascension of jesus christ we have the coming of the holy spirit we have the death of stephen we have we have the call of paul the apostle we have saint peter realizing that the gospel is for the gentiles as well as the jews and we have the taking of the gospel to europe all of these are very very important watershed moments in the bible all moments where you teeter in between a known history and an unknown future and in moments like this we what we do is we acknowledge backwards even as we anticipate forwards and it's good to stand at a watershed at the intersection of the venn diagram as our lectionary reading says this morning, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Everything has a time. Every activity under the heavens has a season. So what was 2023? What kind of a year was it? What kind of a year was it for the world? What kind of a year was it for Canada? What kind of a year was it for you on a global scale? Here are some things that stood out. The World Health Organization declared the end of the COVID global health emergency. Some of us feel, yeah, you're a little bit late. Yeah, but uh, we also had Chinese spy balloons over the US and also Canada. We had the Russian invasion of the Ukraine that it didn't start, but uh, it continued over this past year. We had war in Sudan uh, between the Sudanese armed forces and the rapid support forces. We had the coronation of King Charles III. We had the explosion of the Titan submersible as it was exploring the Titanic. We had the SAG-AFTRA actors and writers strikes which some of us were like, that's sad. Some of us were like, that's amazing. We had the FIFA Women's World Cup. 
We had the, the Rugby World Cup and South Africa won. We had the Canadian Speaker of the House who was removed due to the inadvertent honouring of a Nazi. Don't know if you remember that. We had the Hawaiian wildfires on Maui. We had the Canadian wildfires in which 68% of the Northwest territories were forced to evacuate. We had the heating up of the debate of trans women in sports. We had the Myanmar civil war. We had the fifth deadliest earthquake of the 21st century in Syria and in Turkey. Over 60,000 were killed. We had Cyclone Freddy. We had the earthquake in Morocco. Nearly 3,000 were killed. We had a triple earthquake in, in Afghanistan, such a needy country. Over 1,000 were killed there. We had the rise of generative AI models, which some of us are like, yes, and others, you know, all the school kids are like, yes, school teachers are like, nope. We had, of course, the invasion of Israel by Hamas and the subsequent war. I wonder how many of those you remember. And I wonder how many of these of, of, of moments through this year stand out to you that I haven't mentioned. This was also the year that the Beatles released their last single with all four members contributing to it. The song is called Now and Then, and I absolutely love it. And part of the lyrics say this, I know it's true, it's all because of you, and if I make it through, it's all because of you. And for all of us, the only reason that we got through 2023 was because of Jesus, because of his power and presence and love there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Everything has a time. Every activity under the heavens has a season. This was also a singular year for many of us on a personal level. I stood over the graves of way too many people this year. I prayed with the grieving and the mourning far too often this year. I heard about family breakdowns far too much this year. I was made of way too many relational conflicts this year. This year has left its mark on many of us on a personal level. As we listen to the first part of our scriptures this morning, you, you, you should all have a piece of paper. Have you got the piece of paper? If you don't, we can make it available to you. Uh, you can choose how you want to do this, but what I want is for us to listen to the first part of our scripture this morning being read to us. And as we're listening to it, so it'll show up on the screen in words, you'll hear it as well, and, and if you want to read it off the sheet, that's fine. But whatever helps you concentrate and focus and listen, you do that. And if that means you close your eyes and you just listen for the still small voice of the Lord, you do that. But as we listen to it, I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to refresh our memories from this past year. We have just come out of a very busy season for many of us, and we're just about to step into the what's next of the new year. But in this moment, this moment right now that we can call a liminal space, this threshold moment, I want us to recognize, to acknowledge the year that was. Let's acknowledge it, but we don't have to do it alone. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to view this past year through his eyes. 
So you don't have to remember everything from the past year. Neither do you have to judge the memories that you have. You don't have to say that was a bad memory or a good memory. All you have to say was that happened. And so just as you allow the Holy Spirit to bring to mind what he wants you to remember, I invite you to sit with him in that memory. Let's, um, let's have the, the first video, please, Ariana. And let's just maybe close our eyes as we listen to the scripture being read to us. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. We're going to listen to that scripture again. And as we listen to it one more time, I want you to listen out for a word or a phrase that stands out, that perhaps rises above the others. 
And if any of the words or phrases stand out to you, I invite you to receive it as a word from the Lord. If it helps you to write it down, write it down. But let's just have a a posture of openness and listening, just like Wendy said earlier, you know, if you raise your hand, that that we're, we're tied to our bodies. We are embodied creatures. And if it helps you to just sit there with your hands open as you listen to what the Lord wants to say to you, then I invite you to do that. Let's hear the scripture one more time and let's listen to what the Spirit wants to say to us. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. also something that you can do at home practice silence practice listening prayer if you need more time this is a uh, spiritual discipline that is totally free and totally mobile 
I usually helpful. I find it helpful for me to actually block out the noise of the word with a pair of headphones, or the, the the noise of the world with a pair of headphones. And I usually listen to some soaking music by uh, artists like William Augusto. Sometimes I even like listen to the sound of whale uh, of waves because I'm from Wales. But Wendy, I know, enjoys being outside uh, with the sounds of nature around. So whatever it is that helps you get into that place where you are able to hear the still small voice of God, I encourage you to do that. We've taken some time this morning to acknowledge 2023 through listening and through meditating on Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 7. And as we read this passage, one of us, one of the things we realize is that so much of what happens in the world around us is outside of our control. We, we cannot control, for example, when we are born or when we die. And in between these two extremes, these two very defining moments in our lives, our birth and our death, we're often either responding to or reacting to things that happen to us, circumstances uh, or situations, relationships or transitions or economics or social changes. These things happen and we respond or react to them. And that's what we've been doing over 2000, uh, through 2023. Now I want to spend a few minutes anticipating 2024, which is a blank slate, is a blank page, and that will either fill us with hope and enjoyment or with absolute fear and terror. We do not know what will happen. All we know is that most of us will arrive at the end of 2024 surprised at what took place during this year, in the same way that we're now looking back at 2023 a little bit shell-shocked. And that's why these next verses in Ecclesiastes 3 are so key. What do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. What we learn from these verses um, will hopefully give us a bit of sure footing as we go into the new year, as we anticipate 2024. Firstly, we are told that we have a sphere in which we are created to live, in which we are to inhabit, that God has created a sphere, a space for us. It's a space that is filled with meaningful work and with industry uh, to make a family or to grow friendships, or to work at a job, or to help build our society. This is the burden, this is the task that God has given us as humans. Ever since Adam and Eve were first tasked with working the land and multiplying to fill the earth, this has been the sweet spot of humankind to work for God's glory and for our collective good. This is our toil, this is our burden, this is our task, this is our job. We are custodians of the world under the headship of Jesus Christ. But as we go about our jobs and our lives, we seek meaning. That job isn't enough. We know that there's something beyond it. We cannot help ourselves. And this is what verse 11 is about, that he's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. It's like God's trying to frustrate us. He set eternity in our hearts. There's that longing, but we cannot work out what it is that he's up to. This is actually one of the most maybe profound verses in the Bible that God has made everything beautiful in its time. So however mundane your life is, your daily life is, if you seek God in the midst of it, you will discover beauty. You will discover art and creation 
and wonderful design, you will see glimpses of the divine. However far your life may have drifted from your plans for it, you can still discover God's plans for it. But it starts with submitting yourself to God, choosing him above all others as you go into 2024. And when Jesus is the king of your heart and the Holy Spirit is working his way through all the parts of your life, you will start to see life in a new way. You will see the beauty inherent in all that God has created. You will find meaning in the daily grind. And yet at the same time, we know that it's not enough. We all know that there must be more than this. We all intuitively know that something exists outside of our realm of home and work and socializing, something extra that brings meaning to it all. He has also set eternity in the human hearts, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has set eternity in your heart. Listen to that again. God has set eternity in your heart. Let's actually say that together. God has set eternity in my heart. Ready? One, two, three. God has set eternity in my heart. What does this mean? Well, John Golden Gay says this. Here it suggests that God has put in our minds a yearning to understand the big picture about human life and about God's activity in the world. You are made in God's image. You are a repository of the Imago Dei, of the, ima- of the image of God. No wonder that we seek answers. No wonder that we keep trying to explore beyond the map. No wonder that we're consistently dissatisfied as we try to fill our eternal souls with the baubles and the fluff that this world has to offer. As St. Augustine says in his confessions, man, this part of thy creation desires to praise thee. Thou movest us to delight in praising thee, for thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. I wonder this morning, how restless is your heart? Do you resonate with this longing as you hear these words that thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee? Friends, God has set eternity in your heart. Your mind and being long for the open expanses of the horizon of God himself. And yet we live out this huge calling here in our earth, on our earth, in our sphere, in our school run, in the grocery store, in our offices, on the farm. This is where we live that out. We long to know everything that God is up to, and yet we must content ourselves with not knowing, with trusting him, with having the faith of a child. I know that there is nothing better. Everyone say nothing better. Nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. That each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Now I wonder if this isn't a phrase for us to take into the new year, that there is nothing better for you to be happy and to do good. That food and celebration and work is the gift from God. Through all seasons of life, the seasons over which you have very little control, can you find your niche of worship and faithful service as you go into 2024? The uh, Shorter Catechism asks and answers this question, what is the chief end or purpose of man? And the answer is man's chief end or purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Could this be your 2024? To glorify God and to enjoy him. 
This is the paradox that we must face if we're going to find uh, meaning and purpose as we go into 2024. On the one hand, God has placed eternity in our hearts. On the other hand, God has placed us in a day-to-day, sometimes mundane life in which we must live. And it's this paradox that causes us to sometimes question, why are we doing what we're doing? There's this longing within us that transcends our limits of geography and chronology. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. God is the one who brings purpose to the -the run-of-the-mill life. God is the one who sanctified the human experience by sending his son to become a man. The eternal son of God became a fetus, a child, a teenager, and a carpenter who did not venture very far from home, and yet who lived with purpose and joy and contentment and meaning his whole life. Who knew that there was a time to be born and a time to die? His son who planted and uprooted, who tore down and who built, who wept and who laughed, who searched and who gave up, who was silent and spoke. And if he can do this, then so can we. Jesus put in hours at the office and then he came home. He celebrated at weddings and parties. He mourned at funerals. Jesus knew that there was nothing better than to be happy and to do good while he lived. For 30 years, Jesus lived an utterly ordinary life, and so he sanctified our utterly ordinary lives. And I wonder as we move into 2024 whether our calling is to be vessels of the divine as we live out our ordinary lives to bring the extraordinary into the ordinary, to sanctify the nine till five. So as we close off this morning, I encourage us to acknowledge backwards to acknowledge 2023, whether it was a good year or a bad year, to acknowledge it, to be honest about it, to maybe take some time alone with the Lord just to tell him what kind of a year you had, to call it what it was, but then as well to anticipate forward, to look ahead. And we do that by looking for the eternal in the everyday, to work hard because this is God's mandate for you, but then as well to party hard to seek out opportunities to celebrate and to be with people because this too is God's mandate for you. Verse 13, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. And if it was good enough for Jesus for 30 years of his life, then surely it's good enough for me and you. And perhaps this is the gift of God that we can unwrap as we go into 2024. As the worship team comes up, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this uh, very timely word. I thank you, Lord, for this uh, wonderful book of Ecclesiastes, that it just calls life what it is, that it's a vapor, um, that it is really chasing after the wind. And yet, Lord, that in this moment, this short life, uh, and some of us know just how short this life is, that we can find meaning and purpose, and that that mundane can really become an act of worship as we seek you in the midst of it. Lord, I pray that we would each find that our chief purpose, our chief end, is to glorify you and to enjoy you forever. And that doesn't just start after we die. It starts this moment now as we go um, into the new year, as we kind of walk off that watershed moment into what you have for us in 2024. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.